0: The white shirt is your friend on two fronts. The white shirt in the summertime is the fat man's friend.
1: What the heck's going on in Champaign, Illinois with Brett Bielema? They, they have a real shot to get to
0: And now, broadcasting live and local from the 98.9 The Game studios in Effingham, Illinois, it's the starting lineup with Travis Sparks.
1: Ah, high quality H2O right there. And Eric Fry. So I'll pull up and be like, hang it sweet lot, sweetie.
0: It's the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game.
2: Into another edition of the uh, starting lineup. We're live here on 98 9 The Game ESPN Radio. What's happening out there here on this Tuesday? Tuesday, November 14th, 2023. Travis Sparks, Eric Fry, hanging out with you, hanging out with you for the next hour here on ESPN Radio. Coming up for you, we got a good show lined up for you, as always. We have opening night in high school girls' basketball in the books, and we'll talk about those games that happened last night, some junior high stuff as well, some junior high postseason action that happened yesterday, and we'll also hit up on the high school girls' basketball games tonight, including the very first broadcast of the season and yes. where. We'll be at tonight in Altamont. We'll hit up on that as well. Of course, we'll be hitting up on the news and the notes from the NFL from last night. Monday Night Football game. Another exciting one. Closes out a wild week in the NFL. And we'll hit up on that. Of course, we'll hit up on some college sports as well. We got college football to talk about. It's our usual Tuesday tradition to talk about some Illinois athletics. So we got both things to uh, cover because we got about th- talk about that exciting football game that happened on a uh, Saturday against Indiana, and uh, again, is it Tom Brady or was that uh, Paddock out there uh, throwing the uh, football? Johnny Newton couldn't tell the difference, and we'll hit up on uh, that as well as uh, the Illinois. I got a big college basketball game uh, tonight at the uh, State Farm uh, Center, and it's going to be uh, the uh, number four team in the country, uh, Marquette. Shaka Smart. Coming into uh, Champaign uh, tonight. And, of course, that game can be heard right here on 98.9. The game, 6 o'clock, will begin the uh, pregame show coverage. And uh, 7 o'clock will be uh, the tip-off there for the Golden Eagles versus uh, Fighting Illini. And we'll be hitting up on uh, that. And we'll be hitting up on other college matchups that are going on tonight. And an absolute stacked college basketball mm. night of action here on your Tuesday, as well as we'll just get to other uh, news and notes from the, the collegiate world as well. Coach Harbaugh had a, a quite the quotable press conference. Uh, there yesterday I mean comparing Michigan to America's team and all that about him having a cold and being the iron wall that the sickness bangs up against and it was, he was just full of wonderful quotes uh, yesterday so uh, we'll hit up on that as well when we hit up on uh, some uh, collegiate football uh, there and whatever we don't get to here in the Trusher show we get to in the podcast in some sort of uh, fashion and of course find out podcasts where you find your favorite pods itunes the uh, website femradio.com and also on spotify as well all right so we got a lot to get to here on uh, this uh, tuesday and uh, let's get to it let's get into it and uh, let's get started and let's hit it up with first things first
0: before we get into the show Things first.
2: And, of course, we're starting off in uh, football. We're starting off from uh, the events that happened uh, last night on uh, Monday Night Football as it was the uh, Broncos uh, closing out a wild week, another wild uh, finish there in uh, Buffalo. And it was uh, Denver getting the best of Buffalo, 24-22. And can you hear that off in the distance? Not that move of the microphone. Sorry. But can you hear that in the distance? What's that? I think I hear a window shutting. Ah, mm-hmm. I think it's about shut. I think it's closed on the Buffalo Bills.
1: I think it's closed and bolted shut.
2: And I know nobody stepped uh, – I didn't step too far out of wild left field on that prediction at the beginning of the season. But I don't want to say I told you so, but I told you so.
1: I – you know, Travis, I – it came faster than I expected. Sure. It – I mean – I was expecting, a to use an analogy of a faucet, mm-hmm. I expect it to be a little drip, 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 drip building. Yeah. This is a burst pipe in the middle of winter. Yeah. I mean, this thing went It's not good front, in Buffalo. It's all good, though. <laughs> we're firing offensive coordinators today.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, that was the big news today. Ken Dorsey out.
1: And, Travis, they're not making the playoffs this season. I mean, they got a 33 percent chance to make it. Right now, after that loss, they were at 98.5 percent through Week Four, mm-hmm. and they've since gone two and four, and it's been turnovers. And yeah, who do you blame for that?
2: Right, it's Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. Mm-hmm.
1: It's got to be Josh Allen.
2: Yeah, man, what a unique cat he is. He can bring you so much, and he's one of the most dynamic quarterbacks in all the NFL but he just turns the ball over way too much and maybe before when you were better you were winning games so that kind of was excusable and you could get away with it but now the losses are piling up the losses are piling up in important games and now you can't escape those turnovers here
1: and the Bills have 18 turnovers on the season tied for the Raiders and the Bears for the second most in the NFL Mm, yeah, and they've gone six straight games without winning the turnover paddle Right, that's a long time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Josh Allen's responsible for three of the Bills' turnovers last night: two interceptions and a fumble. Mm-hmm. He has 14 turnovers and 11 interceptions this season, both the most in the NFL. He's thrown an interception in six straight games. That is the longest streak by a Bills quarterback since Ryan Fitzpatrick in 2011. Wow. Fitz Magic didn't have the magic in 2011 no. yet. Nope, he did not. <laughs> and he was only pressured, Travis, 19% of his dropbacks. So it's not like he was facing an insurmountable pressure from the defense and he had to get the ball out of there quick. And was making No. No, it wasn't that. Nope. Four turnovers last night. That's the most in this season, tied for most of the season. Four drops on the night. That's the most they've had this season. Mm-hmm. Three fumbles. That's the most they've had this season. Yeah. Ridiculous.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and maybe one of the reasons why Coach Dorsey was uh, fired this morning was that the Bills failed to score 26 or more points for a sixth straight game and it matches the Buffalo's worst start here at 5-5 five and five since uh, Josh Allen's uh, rookie season in a 2018. And they're also in jeopardy of missing out on the playoffs altogether for the first time since that 2018 season as well.
1: The offensive coordinator got fired today because he was the most... What was it I heard Greenie say just a little bit ago before we came on the air? He was the most fireable person who had a title. Mm-hmm. He was the, the the person with the best title who could be spared. Yeah, sure. Because you're not going to bench Josh Allen. No. And you're not going to fire Sean McDermott. No. So offensive coordinator yeah, scapegoat. He's gotta he's gotta go. It's his fault.
2: I know the defense has kind of gotten a free pass because of all the injuries that they have. And sure, yeah, they have uh, a lot of injuries and a couple of major ones on the defensive line and linebacker core and also in the secondary as well. Uh, uh, Corner didn't play uh, last night, so that kind of is excusable, I guess, on that side of the football. So, yeah, Kid Dorsey was the most expendable uh, name uh, there, and that's why he's out of a job. This morning, so um, last night was a nail in the coffin uh, there for uh, Mr. Dorsey. And uh, really, the injuries are excusable on the defense. But how about there at the final play of the game uh, there as it was a little chaotic action as Buffalo had the lead by a point. And uh, then uh, late in the game, the Broncos were out of timeouts and uh, they uh, got the ball in position where they wanted it on the kick for Will Lutz. And uh, it was like a fire drill out there. Both teams running out there quickly. And it was snapped quickly as well. And Lutz missed the kick. Uh, But then there was a penalty flag. I loved those reactions of people celebrating. And, oh, wait, there's a flag. And it was 12 men on the field. So they had to re-kick it. And naturally, when a kicker misses a kick and then a do-over happens, they make it. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what Will Lutz did uh, there. And uh, made the 36 yard game winner.
1: Yep, as and, time expired. And again, another game, yeah. well, walk off field goal tied the record. That's crazy for the most. And again, a game that Denver came in as the underdog. I think mm-hmm. seven and a half points. That's now two straight weeks that they've covered as seven and a half point dogs.
2: Yeah, they were. It was seven and a half.
1: Because they were seven and a half against the Chiefs last week.
2: Yeah, they say yeah, they beat the Chiefs in consecutive weeks. Yeah,
1: so. Look out, Denver. Russell Wilson has figured it out, and it is not throwing the ball far. He averaged 3.3 wow. yards per pass. Yeah. But that's what he's got to do. Meanwhile, he was pressured 53% of the time. So you talk about that defense on the Bills and how they get a pass. They were getting some pressure on him. hmm Unlike Josh Allen, who had forever and a day back there to throw the football, and he th- threw interceptions. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And... Uh, I, I just again I was not expecting this, and now Stephon Diggs and his brother with the tweet he sent out after the game.
2: Yeah, I heard something about that, but I didn't exactly uh, see what that was uh, all about. Basically, his brother just
1: who who is Stephon Diggs for the Cowboys? Basically, tweeted we need to get fourteen out of there. Hmm. So obviously, he's trying to look out for his brother and get his brother out of Buffalo. Things mm-hmm. are not good. And they yeah. haven't been good. I think this goes back to last year, the end of last year.
2: Yeah, it does with that little explosion
1: mm-hmm.
2: on the sideline during the playoff game.
1: I, I think this is this is a case of just the NFL as a whole, Travis, and, and it's a it's a big issue. Valuing the quarterback position as much as we do. Yeah. And that is the end all be all position. It's not. Is it one of the most important positions? Yes. But you got to have some good linemen to make it valuable. We're seeing that with Justin Fields. You got to have some good receivers to catch the football. And you got to have a pretty good defense to stop the other team unless you want to get into 50 point shootouts every week like the Big 12.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean no doubt the other positions are important, but I can see why everybody overvalues the quarterback position because I mean if you don't have a good decent quarterback, then you don't really have a team. And I think the Jets are a good yeah uh, example of that. Of I know they put so many eggs in the basket of Rodgers got hurt and whatnot, but I mean I think it's just gonna show you there and I mean stay in the same division. The Dolphins have the health of Tua, how amazing they're doing mm-hmm. uh, there right now. So the quarterback can make all the difference and that's kinda why. But in
1: today's NFL, and I'm gonna give you a great stat, Travis. Sorry for this. I heard the stat. Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow. We talked about him signing his contract. Yeah. For a five and four Massive record extension. by the way. Yeah. <laughs> five and four record.
2: Oh, but they're a notorious slow starter. Yes. So
1: do you know what his what he's making per year? No. Seventy-five million a year. Hmm. Joe Montana, in his career, made twenty-five million. <laughs> yeah. You know, Super Bowl winner. People would probably say one of the top five quarterbacks of all time. Hmm. Twenty-five million. Wow. In his career. <laughs> 90, barely half. That's of crazy. what Joe Burrow makes in a year for yeah. a five and four record. Right. Wow. That's that just crazy. shows you how. Yes, things have evolved, but is it yeah, good they've society. evolved?
2: I think society in general, the evolution there.
1: It, it It's getting to the, it's going to get to the point, Travis, where pretty soon we're talking about quarterbacks. And I think quarterbacks, because I think they get the most second, I would put, a star pitcher or outfielder as far as contracts go. Mm-hmm. But yeah. give it five years, Travis, we're going to be talking about these contracts with B's in them, not M's.
2: Right, yeah. They just keep going up more
1: and more. And is anyone is worth that much? Probably not, no. But someone's going to pay it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. And then when
1: they don't perform, people are going to be like, ah. Uh, the perfect example is Jimbo, again in Texas A&M. <laughs> they yeah. are paying him per year to not coach for them. More than the entire Kentucky State Athletic Department brought in this year. Mm-hmm. right that's how much they're paying him not to coach for them and by the way if he goes and gets another job elsewhere he's still gonna get paid from that school and he's still gonna get the texas AM and m money wow 538 million dollars worth of dead money that the power five conferences have paid this year
2: mm-hmm. wow
1: that's where's a lot of money in the country going it's paying football coaches <laughs> not to coach on the teams they were with like, it's yeah. just, when is it going to stop? When It's kind of, it, it makes me think of, like, the dot-com bubble in, like, the early 2000s. Like, mm-hmm. everyone had a dot-com,
0: and then yeah. eventually
1: it's going to pop. Right. Are we going to get to the point where these contracts are going to have to pop? Yeah, I think so. Or is everyone going to keep paying to get the better talent, to get the better coach?
2: Right, yeah, I think eventually it will have to come to a breaking point at some point. I can't keep I going know. much higher. Yeah, I just don't know where that breaking point is.
1: I just, I find myself being ridiculous saying Caleb Williams has signed a five-year extension worth $1.4 billion.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, we talk about the MLB offseason and whatnot and how much Otani would have made if he still pitches and, and hits and whatnot. That number was ridiculous uh there but it was obviously not going to be as much still going to be a lot but um yeah that's just contracts all over the across the board and all sports kind of but football and baseball seem to be the biggest ones, the big ones.
1: i mean nba is not it doesn't feel like as bad it doesn't really but i mean for coaches in the college level yes it's pretty oh bad, yeah but it, it just makes you wonder and then when these athletes don't perform You know, the first game they don't perform perform well, fans are like, ah, get him out of here. Can't believe we're paying him all this money to do this.
2: Right. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the same boat. Last last night, Russell Wilson, you know, he had a big money deal and he went to Denver and he just was terrible last year and whatnot. He's starting to reshape his image now and turn it around a little bit with mm-hmm. the victories over Kansas City and Denver and Buffalo now. He's got more
1: touchdowns this year than he did all of last year. All right. So, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously he's finding something. Something, yeah. But again, it's people, you know, last year, oh, Russell, Russell Wilson forgot how to play quarterback. Yeah. He just doesn't know how to do it anymore.
2: Yeah, he's, he was becoming a parody of himself, and he was be having special treatment and whatnot that we were, that we talked about before. But mm-hmm. um, hey, uh, Broncos four and five now, and the Bills five hundred five and five. So that officially uh, closes the book on an exciting week of NFL action, and we closed it out in a dramatic fashion as well. And it all gets started on a Thursday night football. This week in week 11, and uh, speaking of Joe Burrow, it's going to be the Bengals matching up against the uh, Ravens. They're in Baltimore. Three-and-a-half point favorites are the Ravens.
1: And I would ride that, Travis, because the Bengals are riding a 13-game losing streak in road primetime games dating back to the 2013 season. Hmm, really? Their last road win in primetime came in 2012 against the Eagles.
2: hmm. Yeah, and uh, the Sunday night game isn't bad. The Vikings and the Broncos now. Broncos playing a lot better. And Vikings, Dobbs is playing amazing Mm -hmm. uh, there. And then the main event next Monday night, that's going to be an awesome one. Uh, In Arrowhead, the Chiefs-Eagles, a Super Bowl rematch uh, there. And uh, a rematch of the Kelsey Bowl as well. I'm sure they won't be mentioned very much at all
1: in that game.
2: Anything else extra with their personal lives,
1: I was looking to see her uh, is she on tour that day? I me mean
2: I don't know i'm I imagine she was just on tour in Europe, so I imagine she was she's in Argentina still, this weekend, yeah, I imagine she's still got stuff going on, but family reunion uh there on Monday night football would be a great
1: time for her to meet the brother and
2: maybe a perfect time for her to skype in to the manning cast, ooh.
1: Now I think you may be asking a little much, Travis. <laughs> oh, nope. She is in Brazil next Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. But not on Monday. Not on Monday. Fly from Brazil to <laughs> Brazil to Kansas City. city. Uh,
2: Nonstop. Red eye. That's a, it's a rough trip. That's but, love, man. Travis. I know. I already see it's love. You see that run backstage when she got off, and then changing the lyrics on stage. He's the pop question. (laughs) I mean, it's only a matter of time, right? Do it
1: now. Sooner better than later.
2: And yeah, it's it's only a matter of time. As someone who
1: is engaged for years, let me tell you, it's better to just do it and get it over with.
2: (laughs) So, we'll we'll wait and see. Uh, I'm I would assume it wouldn't take too much longer. Uh, the uh, Bears this week are in Detroit to take on the Lions oh, that's on Sunday. L. So, uh, Detroit favored by 10.
1: I think the Bears' next four games are all against teams with winning records. So, <laughs> get ready for that, Chicago. Uh,
2: let's see. The Bears, yeah. The Lions, Vikings, yep. yep. Lions again, yep. and Browns. Yep.
1: So All with winning records currently. Mhm. Colts are off for the week.
2: Colts are on a bye this week. So, I will have to worry about that.
1: Nope. It means one less game for Pick'Em.
2: Falcons, Patriots, Saints are also on buys as well. And let me see.
1: We will have... Plan your fantasy teams accordingly. Oh, it's not showing me. I was going to tell you what game we have this Sunday. Yeah, well, we can... We can figure that out. I'll do some digging, and we'll get
2: back to you. Yeah, we got a little bit until next Sunday. So right now we got to step away, and we'll talk about some local sports when we return. We'll talk about some local high school girls basketball that tipped off last night, and even more coming at you tonight here on the starting lineup.
0: The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios will be right back. <laughs> Mom, Dad. I'm going to head out with some friends. Hold up. What about your math homework? Done. Science? Did it. I thought you had research to do for your presentation. Yeah, don't worry. I got this. It's all done. The laptop you got me changed everything. <phone rings> Gotta go. That's Jennifer. Jennifer?
2: Yeah, she's in my history class. <laughs> I love school. Meet a computer-printer combo deal? Ask Martin at Worth Computer Repair about his laptop and printer combo deals. Call today, 618-292-1002. That's 618-292-1002.
1: If you're considering purchasing, building, or
2: refinancing your home, it should be a pleasant experience. Let us help you get started. This is Christina at the First State Bank of Beecher City. When you finance through a locally owned community bank, you'll discover the perfect product for your unique situation, while forming a personal relationship for years to come. Call or stop in today at the First State Bank of Beecher City and ask for one of our loan officers. We're excited to help you with your next chapter in life. Equal Housing Lender, member FDIC.
0: There are only three northern white rhinos left in the world. But together, we can turn things around. Your support to the San Diego Zoo Global Wildlife Conservancy helps support groundbreaking solutions. Join us now at endextinction.org. Hey, son. How are you feeling? Um, I'm fine, pops. (sighs) What's on your mind? I just... I can't explain it am about a Eyes waiting. started to the who you thought you is.
2: When your kid can't find the language, help them find the lyrics. Listen to the Sound It Out album and get tips
0: and tools to start a conversation at soundedouttogether.org. Brought to you by Ad Council and Pivotal Ventures. And now, the starting lineup It is
2: disrespectful to have the softball national championship at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. What is that?
0: On 98.9 The Game.
2: The starting lineup here on 989 the game let's talk about some local sports from last night and exciting night it was as it was the tip off the first games of high school girls of basketball and uh, let's uh, start off in uh, some area conferences. We had a uh, Calden Eric Beecher City pick up uh, their opening night win against the South Central, and it was a 71-37 to final score. CHBC uh, getting the dub. South Central started off the game good. They had a five-point lead after the uh, first quarter, but then a uh, big second quarter got CHBC going. 28 points there in the second quarter alone. Got them started, and then uh, South Central only scored – uh, let's see there. They only scored 11 points in the second half, and uh, CHBC kept it going. Uh, there it was uh, Rodman leading the way for a CHBC. She filled up the stat line. She had 21 points, 6 rebounds, 5 steals, and 3 assists as well. And uh, Summers added a 10 points, 4 steals, and a 3 assists as well there for a CHBC. Uh, Johnson led the way for a South Central. She had a 14 points. Uh, there, but CHBC win on opening a night. There for the uh, Bobcats there, and also it was uh, Central a Central m uh, picking up the win over Nioga, 56 to 17 was the uh, final score uh, there as uh, Nioga drops their first game and uh, they uh, trailed the 13 to 4 after their first quarter and then uh, picked it up a little bit but they still were trailing 30 to 11 there at halftime. Uh, Campbell led the way of four in She had eight points uh, there and uh, the uh, Raiders were led by Jillian Bergner who had a uh, 20 points there for the Raiders. So, uh, you know, I know Nioga lost a couple of uh, pieces. I know Cindy Richards, she graduated mm-hmm. uh, from the team uh, last year. That super sectional uh, team that they have, but I think that's a statement win on the uh, night one, the first and train Yep. Uh, there in Nioga. They'll figure things out. Oh, yeah. It's uh, still it was early, only that obviously. one uh, there. And uh, Brownstown at St. Elmo picked up the win over Cumberland, and that one was a 38-22 final score uh,
1: there. Yeah. Uh, Cumberland was led by Shoemaker. She had 11 points. Brownstown St. Elmo led by Haslett had 17, and Seaball added 13 there for Brownstown St. Elmo.
2: And so uh, Brownstown picks up the opening win there. Uh, FEM, they got the win over Robinson, and this one was a close one, 60-53. And FEM had to come back to do it, as Robinson actually had a 21-13 lead after the uh, first quarter. Uh, But then FEM uh, found their footing there in the middle quarters, and they would eventually go on to win. Uh, Martin, uh, she had 17 points for the Hearts and Altov. Added 11, and Wolf also was in double figures with 10 points there as well. And Robinson, uh, Marissa Zane, she had 24 points, and Shea had 14 points. Only double-figure scorers there for uh, Robinson, though. But FEM picking up the win on night one. Uh, Muhammad Seymour, they defeated Ottawa 61 52 at the uh, Prairie Central Thanksgiving tournament. Elsewhere in the uh, Lincoln uh, Prairie Conference, uh, a couple of teams were up there at the Moreau Forsyth tournament. It was uh, St. Thomas More defeating Argenta 50 17, and Moreau Forsyth defeated Unity Christian 76 24. It was Westville over Heritage 66 35. Arcola with the win over Oakwood, 50-22. And it was Arthur over Macon Meridian, 48-37. And also Shelbyville picked up the win over Oka Valley. In the little Illini there in Paris, the North American Lighting Thanksgiving Tournament, Paris got the win over Danville, 53-26, the final. Uh, Tuscaloosa also defeated Marshall, 44-35 there as well. And in the Central Illinois Conference, uh, Stanford Olympia defeated Clinton, 54 to 49, and in the South Central Conference, we had Staunton defeat Greenfield 46 to 14, New Berlin over Piasol, 34 33, Auburn over North Mac by 20, 60 to 40, and Breeze Central over Hillsborough, 56 to 15 was the final score there. In a junior high girls basketball from uh, last night, we have some uh, postseason action. We had in the Class 1A Martinsville Regional, Oakland Lake Crest over Martinsville, 30-15. to And Hume Shiloh over Philo St. Thomas, 25-16. Villa Grove Regional in 2A. Villa Grove over Oakwood, 32-8. South Fork over Bement, 31-28. In the St. Anthony Regional is Paris Crestwood over St. Anthony, 24-12. And Casey over Beecher City, 16-2 5. In 2A Albion Regional, South Central over Brownstown, 22-19. And it was Red Hill over Albion, 27-23. In the 3A Macon Meridian Regional, it was Sullivan over Macon Meridian, 31-13. Tuscola East Prairie over Arthur, 21-16 in overtime. And in the Taylorville 4A Regional, it was Mount Zion over Mattoon, 28-12. And Taylorville over Rochester, 30-15 In junior high, boys of basketball in a seventh grade action, you had Sacred Heart over North Clay, 45-26, and Flora over Jasper County, 47-29. In an eighth grade action, you had uh, the opposite results happen: North Clay over Sacred Heart, 47-33, and Jasper County over Flora, 55-19. There to close out action uh, from. Last night, we got more action in uh, girls' basketball. Uh, the uh, team's getting underway here. We got Mount Vernon, they're making the trip to uh, Topolis uh, tonight. In uh, the NTC, you got South Central at Casey, wins Two Straws at Sarah Gordo, North Clay hosting Oblong. Dietrich is at Robinson. And a game that is on our airwaves over on uh, Jack FM it is the uh, first lady Indians broadcast of the season. It's Vandalia. At Altamont on opening night there. New era there in Altamont. Coach Carr taking over. And also uh, the return of Grace Nelson as Mm -hmm. well. Set to make her uh, re-debut tonight. And Altamont back on the floor again tonight against uh, the Vandals. I've been looking forward to this since the uh, football season. And came to a close there. A new fresh start and a fresh season uh, tonight for the Vandals. And Altamont should be a... Good one over on Jack FM. So definitely check it out or on the website and streaming online fmradio.com. Yep. For sure. Yep. The Delia Altamont going down tonight, season opener. Uh, Apollo Conference, we have uh Mohammed Seymour taking on East Peoria at the Prairie Central Thanksgiving tournament as that continues. You also have Unity Christian taking our on our in and that Moroa Foresight tournament. Rochester's hosting Sullivan and Tuscola is an Arthur. North American lighting Paris Thanksgiving tournament. You got Charleston taking out Paris at five fifteen and Danville at Cham- against Champaign Central at six forty-five. Uh New Nasso hosting uh, Fairfield Alney is at Pena. Chrisman is at Marshall. Uh, you also got the Clinton Turkey Tussle continuing there. And in the South Central, you got Staunton at Wesleyan. and and is at Litchfield uh, there as we start to get into full swing of girls basketball this season. So, again, check it out. Vandals Lady Indians later on this evening over on Jack FM. And we uh, continue on and we uh, continue on uh, talking about some uh, college football. We got some Illinois, Indiana football to talk about. We got Michigan football to uh, talk about coming up next here on the Star lineup.
0: The starting lineup from 989 the Game Studios will be right back.
1: Imagine the possibilities with Teutopolis State Bank. This is Justin Naders. If you're buying a home, see us to get pre-qualified. When you're pre-qualified, the seller knows you mean business, and that can save you thousands. If you're building a new home, we'll help you get started with a construction loan customized just for you. Ask around. Talk to your friends. You'll see why so many homes start with a little help from Totopless State Bank. In Sigel and Totopless, Sigel & Effingham, Equal Housing Lender and Member FDIC.
0: You've heard of AI. We want you to know that some messages and content we broadcast is produced using AI. All content produced or written with AI is supervised by our staff before airing. AI is only a tool for all of us, and we use it for that purpose. You can be assured that we will not use AI in any way that is unworthy of your trust. If you're just tuning in, this is Fan 23, Fansville's number one sports radio station. Brought to you by Tasty Dr. Pepper. We are settling the great debate, best third quarter snack, hot dogs or nachos? You know my mantra, Doug. Uh, yes. Medi- Medi- early, early, cheesy late. late. Well, it looks like we have a caller here to weigh in. Is this Chuck? Popcorn in the third is the move. What? You go with passive snacking after halftime. No, it's nachos. Look, as long as there's a nice cold Dr. Pepper there to wash it down, I'm good with either. Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Bundling and saving with Geico is an easy choice, so you're free to ponder life's big questions. Like, what's the best animal in the world if not humans? I'd strongly consider ducks to be somewhere up there on the list. Think about it. Ducks can swim, ducks can fly, and ducks can walk on land. They have access to all terrains. They are the ultimate animal. And they wiggle their butts when they walk, which is funny. Yeah, ducks are awesome. End of story. Bundling and saving with Geico. It's an easy choice. And now, the starting lineup. Caught! It's gonna be caught! And for a touchdown! No! On 98-9, the game.
1: Eric Sports Center Update: The Blues go for their third win in a row when they take on the Tampa Bay Lightning at Enterprise Center night. Blues coming off a dominant 8-2 road win over the Avalanche on Saturday. Blues currently 7-5 and 1 on the season. Missouri Tigers held off SIU Edwardsville Cougars. They held them to just 19 second-half points during a 68-50 win at Mizzou Arena. The 2-1 Tigers will visit the Minnesota Gophers. On Thursday night, other college basketball action from yesterday: Lindenwood crushed Hannibal Lagrange 83-52, and Missouri State beat Oral Roberts 84-69. The Bulls overcame a 7.17-point 7 point, first-half deficit, but still lost to the Bucks 118 to 109. At the Forum, DeMar DeRozan hit a free throw with under five minutes left in the third quarter, put Chicago up by one, but the Bucks quickly retook the lead and went up by 17 points again in the fourth. Busevich had 26 points and 12 boards in the losing effort, while Levine had 20. The Bulls are four and seven on the year. Chicago hosts Orlando tomorrow night. Cubs fans got to hear from their new manager for the first time when the ball club introduced Craig Council to the media yesterday. Council was hired away from the Brewers last week. He told reporters that he chose to go to Chicago because the team is in a good place competitively. Council's first game as a manager will be against the World Champion Texas Rangers next March, and I believe that will be in prime time on ESPN.
2: Welcome back into the uh, starting lineup here on 98.9 The Game. Travis Sparks here. Eric Fry over there with the uh, Sports Center. And he could still
1: win Manager of the Year. He could still potentially find that uh, out later uh, today
2: yeah yeah they were revealed so yeah. we'll get managers of the year revealed there i so
1: want it travis i want it so badly
2: <laughs> it definitely would be how's that acceptance speech gonna go mm-hmm. definitely <laughs> would be humorous that's for sure <laughs> so we'll wait to see i want to thank
1: the brewers and can't wait to beat you next year thank you <laughs> i mean yeah basically it's basically how it's gonna go i mean okay not to get us off track, Travis, because I'm very good at that. But I think that would be more of an awkward moment than if Schilt would have won it mm-hmm. with the Cardinals, because at that point he was just fired; he hadn't been hired by anybody else. Right. The Brewers didn't fire Craig Council. Mm-hmm. His no. contract just—they couldn't come to a deal, and he picked a division rival. Probably right. Yeah, that that's his also rival to go to.
2: Yeah, it's also another thing in there that he went to an in division.
1: Right. It'd be rival. like if Schilt left the Cardinals and went to the Cubs. Yeah. And then one manager of the year. Mm-hmm. That's why I want it to happen so badly. <laughs> and I think that's why it won't, because I think they'll purposely vote no for him to win that award because they don't want that moment. Yeah. The baseball yeah. writers or whoever it is who decides those awards. Yeah, whoever comes up with those. Because it's not the those. fans. If it was the fans. Oh. Yeah.
2: <laughs> If it was the fans, yeah, it would be an easy, easy decision there.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: All right, so uh, let's uh, talk about uh, what we were scheduled to uh, talk about of uh, this segment, and that was uh, college football and uh, the uh, big win there on a Saturday, there on a Dad's Day, on Military Appreciation Day, on a Veterans Day, as it was Illinois getting the uh, dub in overtime, forty-eight to uh, forty-five. Thanks to Tom Brady. I mean, John Paddock there throwing for 507 yards, four touchdowns. Paddock was named the Big Ten Player of the Week. for that performance. And did you know, Eric, that that was the second most yards thrown by a quarterback this year in all of college football? Mm-hmm. Only Shador Sanders in the week one matchup against TCU threw for more yards than Paddock did. In the game against Indiana. And it was also the obviously the most uh, yards thrown by a quarterback there at Memorial Stadium as well. And an absolute great story uh, there for uh, Paddock stepping in for Altmaier who was out with a concussion Yeah, there on Saturday. Any one mm-hmm. Big
1: Ten Offensive Player of the Week for mm-hmm. it, you know, yep. Well deserved. Absolutely. Again, as I, I said yesterday, and we're going to dive into this now, I have no problems with his play. I had no. Pr- I thought he played magnificently on Saturday.
2: Mm-hmm. This is the reason we won the game.
1: It's the only reason we won the game. Mm-hmm. I blame the defense.
2: Yeah. You
1: can't let them get back in the game.
2: Yeah. That is that the was... killer
1: instinct that none of the recent Illini teams, basketball or football, have.
2: Hmm. Yeah, the defense was certainly disappointing uh, there. Nobody was really. Uh, the Hoosiers don't really have a great offense, so no. that would ex- that would blow the doors off anyone, really. No. But it certainly seemed that way on a Saturday. So yeah, I was really disappointed uh, with the uh, with the defense. He,
1: he had to have a magnificent game, Travis, because the defense couldn't stop anybody.
2: Right. Yeah, uh, and Indiana had that lead there, twenty-seven to twelve in the second quarter, but Illinois came back, and then uh, there Indiana ended up tying the game up there. Uh, 42 with 28 seconds left at the end in regulation and converted on the two-point conversion. Again, penalties is a problem for the uh, Illini. Penalized 14 times for 139 yards as well. And, I mean, Indiana also had seven penalties as well. So it was a flag-filled game uh, there as well.
1: 45 points for the Hoosiers, Travis, the most they've scored this season. Yeah. That includes, Travis, them beating Indiana State 41-7. to You gave up more points to Indiana than Indiana State did.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: That's not a good thing. No. That's not something you can hang your head hat on. You give up more points, Travis, than Akron gave up to Indiana. <laughs> Akron lost to Indiana twenty nine twenty seven. Mm-hmm. You give up more points to Indiana than right. Akron. Yeah. You give up double the points almost.
2: Right. Yeah. I know. I don't know what to tell you anymore, man. This defense isn't good.
1: This was a game, Travis, and, and you're going to hate what I'm going to tell you. You're going to hate it because you're going to go, oh, Eric, you're just being an Illinois basher. I'm not. This is one of those games, Travis, where somebody had to win, but neither of these two teams are good. Yeah, I mean. Somebody had to win. Is this a is this a game you you pump your fist about and say, we got them. Yes. Big, big win. No. Mm-hmm. It's one you go. Wow, we outlasted a bad team.
2: No, I think everybody was uh, pretty excited there on Saturday to to win it in that fashion, to win it on a off fashion and whatnot. I mean, not just that I was there. I mean, everybody uh, seemed to enjoy it. So
1: you beat a bad team.
2: Indiana is still technically our rivals, I would say.
1: I mean, like we said, hadn't beat Indiana since 2012. Exactly. So I think in order to be a rival, you have to have traded wins back and forth. We y- talked about that. Yeah, before. and you're
2: absolutely right because uh, they're 31 and 10 against Indiana and Champaign. Yeah. So. Yeah. Illinois is. I know. So yeah, it's not a rivalry because Indiana doesn't win.
1: Well. In Champaign. In- Except for the last couple of years, but we'll we'll erase that. 2012, that
2: 2017. That was long ago. Mm-hmm. Those are doesn't those are real long ago. Yeah,
1: those were dark days for Illinois. Mm-hmm. Unlike now, because we're yeah, five and five. Boy, howdy, we got an outside chance at a bowl game.
2: That's right. Absolutely, we're still bowl eligibility, and we're still uh, outside shot of the Big Ten West. Travis, we well. are the
1: horse with a broken leg,
2: but we're still going.
1: That needs to be put out of its misery because it doesn't do anything.
2: We're still going. By golly,
1: it's still alive and still going.
2: We're still going on the back of uh, paddock a fourth generation Illini. That's why he wears the number four on the insist of Coach Bielema. He wanted to highlight that he's a fourth generation Illini. His uncle, grandfather, and a great grandfather all played here at Illinois.
1: There is no way. There is no way, Travis that Altmaier comes back and plays this season.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the the talk of the town over the last couple of days.
1: Now, I'm going to say this. There is a certain other quarterback in the state of Illinois who had a really, really impressive first game when they first started, and game two was absolutely awful. That Mm -hmm. being up north in Chicago.
2: Who is that, Justin Fields? No. Who's that?
1: Pageant. 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 Oh, Pageant. He looked really good in that first game. We called him the, the new quarterback of Chicago, Justin Who, And then week two, fell on his face. Did not look good. Yep. This is it's the first start kind of... for Paddock.
2: Right, yeah. It's But it's been kind of progression. He came in in relief of Altmaier in that Penn State game. seconds. And then uh, I think it was more. 90 seconds. More than that. Uh, But then he came in and had the game-winning drive against Minnesota. Mm -hmm. Three for three, 80-some yards, including the game-winner. And then now, over 500 yards passing.
1: But there's a difference between coming in unexpected, where a defense doesn't have time to scout you, and having a team have a week to prepare for you. Especially now they have tape. And especially when your first week was against a bad team. You're not facing a bad team on Saturday. Offensively, they're bad. Yeah. Defensively, they're decent.
2: Yeah, offensively,
1: they're terrible. I'm not arguing with the offensive <laughs> part. I will give you that. Uh, but they're in the top 25 for a reason. I guess so. Illinois is not.
2: Right. And I think that's kind of why that Coach Bielema here at the beginning of the week is kind of keeping who's going to be the starting quarterback close to the vest. Uh, I said a while ago when uh, Altmaier hasn't been the best that if you do end up benching him, I worry about today's landscape that you're going to lose him and you're going to lose him for good. So he could transfer out if you Mm -hmm. bench him. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I think at this point you got to ride the hot hand and ride uh, Paddock there. But uh, Coach Bielema leaving it close to the vest of not revealing who the starting quarterback is. So. Iowa isn't really preparing for one quarterback or the other.
1: You can't have Paddock not out there. Yeah. You can't have the offensive Big Ten player of the week not yeah. play the next game.
2: A guy that just threw for the second most yards in college football yes. this year. Yes.
1: Who led you to victory.
2: Mm hmm. Right.
1: You can't have him not play. I know. Led you to victory two straight weeks. Mm hmm. Right. Because, Travis, if you start Altmaier. I think you lose Paddock.
2: Uh, I, I know. He Fourth
1: a... generation Illini. I know.
2: Yeah, I don't think you'll lose him, but I don't think we have very much eligibility with him left. I think he'll need, like, a, an exemption to play Possibly. anymore past this year. So, uh, he transferred in here from a Ball State. Yeah, I he know. is a senior. So... Uh, But Isaiah Williams having another great game and had nine catches, 200 yards, and a couple of scores, including the game winner uh, there in the last two weeks for Isaiah. 22 grabs, 311 yards, and four touchdowns, and back-to-back game winners as well. And Williams also has at least one catch in all 35 games since he switched from quarterback to receiver prior to the start of the 21 season and he's caught at least three passes in 24 straight games uh, there. Uh, Reggie Love III, that's another thing that I liked about this Illini offense was that it was extremely balanced in the play calling and whatnot. Uh, They threw the ball 36 times, and they ran the ball 37 times. And Reggie Love III, the hot hand there, 24 carries, 140 yards, and a couple of scores. Fortunately, uh, Fagan uh, there, he had one good pass catch uh, but he was banged up as well and uh, he also had a fumble at the goal line uh there's kind of maybe one of the reasons why he wasn't used and um I think he's kind of day-to-day at this point uh from coach Bielema the other day of whether they're gonna have him play this week
1: so but again it's against Indiana
2: yeah, you play whoever's in front of you. I
1: I understand that. I I I'm not arguing that.
2: And you gotta build somewhere. That's Doesn't right. Doesn't matter who against who's is against.
1: But let's temper expectations. You beat Minnesota and Indiana. Indiana on football could barely be considered a Big Ten school. They're like the <laughs> Vanderbilt of the Big Ten.
2: The Vanderbilt of the Big Ten. <laughs> I think they're a little bit better. Okay, a bit better the Vanderbilt that. of the Big Ten when it comes <laughs> to football.
1: I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah, but it's Indiana.
2: Yeah, man. Now, I don't know what, what else there, you want me to tell you?
1: They go out and beat Iowa this weekend. Then I'll say we've turned things around. Then I'll say things are looking up for the Illini. Mm-hmm. I just want you to beat a competent opponent. Yeah. Because, Travis, I know, I know, I know, and I'm every Illini fan is going to disagree with me, and that's fine. Let's say, Travis, hypothetically, that somehow we back our way into the Big Ten West.
0: Mm-hmm. Somehow
1: we do it. I don't know how that would have to work <laughs> out, but somehow we back our way into it.
2: Crazy scenarios. That's how we do it.
1: <laughs> I don't want to see us on a nationally televised broadcast getting thumped. <laughs> by Michigan or Ohio State. Yeah. And you can't tell me that's not what's going to happen. But we'll,
2: but we'll be there.
1: I, I don't want to be we'll there put it for it on a the, half.
2: We'll put it on the resume.
1: I, for a half?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Be
1: there for a half? Yeah. I went to the Big Ten Championship game and all I got was this shirt because my team lost by 40. hmm. Come on. Mm,
2: yeah. We'll put it on the resume though and we'll tell recruits that we made the Big Ten Championship game. And the they'll doesn't go, matter the performance.
1: Yeah, because you backed your way in. Now next year you got nah, Oregon, USC, and UCLA coming in here.
2: Uh, it doesn't matter. The, the, we would be town Big Ten West champions. All, oh, I know the Illinois the team
1: would because that's what the Illinois fan base does. <laughs> big accomplishment.
2: I mean, it would be a big accomplishment just for how the crazy, how many crazy scenarios would have to happen for or, or us to win, but. Another thing that uh, in order for us to back into the West, we gotta win out. and so uh, we'll see what happens there on a Saturday. 2:30 they kick off in Iowa City uh, there. and at 230 will be the kickoff 1.30, pregame show coverage. Mm-hmm right here on Jack FM, uh, we didn't get a lot to uh, other things in college football so we'll save that for the uh, podcast and uh, coach harbaugh's comments that he made uh, yesterday in the press conference first time really responding since he got suspended uh there and then uh, we close out the show here talking more illinois sports and a college but we'll talk about college basketball to close things out here on the starting lineup
0: the starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios. We'll be right back. You might watch your bottom line shrink if you don't account for burglaries, on-site accidents and other unpredictable misfortunes at your business. pecan Insurance offers to let you focus on what's important. Employees,
2: profits and peace of mind. Ask your local Pekin Insurance agent about commercial insurance
0: products or learn more at PekinInsurance.com In Effingham, contact Tingley Insurance at 217-342-3637 and we'll go beyond
1: the expected for you.
0: Get big savings and big rewards now during Provember at Lowe's. Right now, save $80 on the DeWalt 20-volt two-tool combo kit and earn three times the bonus points. Redeem those points for offers like NFL tickets to regular season games, a Super Bowl 58 experience for two, and more rewards. Because Lowe's knows savings, Lowe's knows pros. While supplies last, Selection varies by location. Bonus points calculated before taxes and fees after applicable discounts if any. Vowed through 1122, subject to change. Isn't that aroma just heavenly? What's with the whispering? Inside this grill is the secret to winning game days. Mm Mm-hmm. Eckridge smoked sausage, crafted with a perfect medley of spices for a truly rich, savory taste. So easy to prepare, too. Now hand me one of those buns. Oh whoa. Keep your voice down. Marty, you're still whispering? Secrets out, buddy. Eckridge.com has dozens of simple, mouth-watering recipes for everyone to win game days this
1: season. And now... Eric, Fry Sports Center update: Missouri hosts South Carolina tomorrow in the battle for the Mayor's Cup trophy. Tigers enter at four and five, while the Gamecocks are five and four. Who really kind of cares about that game? Uh, Carson Wentz ooh, ah, 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 was down with the sickness as he's dealing with an illness. As Indy will host the Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday. The starting
2: lineup. <laughs> Welcome back in uh, to the starting lineup on ninety eight nine and the uh, game. I thought that right was there. a good one. I mean, uh, that one was was definitely uh, noteworthy. Was was I something. I definitely wrote that down to uh, <laughs> save that one for a future bumper on ninety eight nine. The game. Into the uh, starting lineup, We're on ninety-eight nine. The game rolling here on ninety-eight nine. Say a smidge, a bit a longer. But we just got done talking about Illinois football. Let's hit up on uh, some uh, college basketball and a uh, big slate of games uh, tonight. Of course, you got the uh, Champions Classic there in uh, Chicago tonight at the United Center. Duke versus Michigan State. Kansas versus Kentucky. Uh, should be uh, two uh, great matchups uh, there, but a game that's on our station right here at uh, 7 o'clock tip, 6 o'clock pregame show. It's Marquette and Illinois as it's the uh, Gavit tip-off games there in uh, State Farm uh, Center. There, of course, Illinois with some kind of disappointing performances in the first two games. Uh, For them against EIU and Oakland and Marquette, they are coming off wins against Northern Illinois, as well as Ryder in their last game. And Marquette comes in here at number four in the country. Uh, Marquette entered its highest preseason ranking since 1977 when they were coming off a national championship Mm -hmm. uh, there. Rightfully so because the Golden Eagles are returning four starters from a team that won the Big East regular season and a tournament championship from last year. And also they have the uh, uh, Big East Sixth Man of the Year as well that came back that kind of was inserted into the starting lineup. One of the big things uh, here tonight to look out for is the potential health of uh, one of the uh, best guards for Marquette and that's Tyler Kolick, the reigning Big East player of the year. Left late in the second half of the game on Friday against Ryder. Uh, Coach Shaka Smart said he turned his ankle after stepping on another player's foot. He hobbled off the court late in the game and went to the locker room and did not return to the game. And uh, Jeff Goodman is reporting here about an hour ago that he's a game-time decision tonight for Marquette. And so that would be a big blow to the Golden Eagles and uh, them if he can't go, and so uh, we'll wait to see uh, if Tyler Kolick, the biggest player of the year, can play in tonight's game. And also another player to look out for for Marquette is also uh, Gigadaro. Uh, he's a big man uh, down low that they'll look to uh, feature uh, there tonight. And Marquette coming to Champagne tonight, and because of that injury, I think is one of the reasons why. Illinois is actually favored by a point and a half. Yeah. Uh, in the home court advantage and point and a half favorites. Yeah, it scares me. First true test for the Illini.
1: It definitely is. With the way that Oakland game went, uh, I'm a little concerned for tonight.
2: And this is one of those games where we didn't get up for our competition in the per- first two games, but then uh, we'll come out here and we'll win. That's just who this Illini team is. And then uh, what's their next game? Uh, Illini will come out and have a disappointing performance again against Valpo. That's just who uh, I've been cheering for Illinois too long. And that's just what happens. Yeah. Wouldn't be shocked at all if uh, that's what happens. But uh, we'll see if uh, Tyler Kolick is able to go uh, or not Uh, there. I think that could be the big storyline that could – determine the outcome and, and I,
1: I think you need to win this game travis and i'll tell you why because you should beat valpo obviously you should beat southern you should beat western illinois those next three games at ruckers we know illinois plays differently at ruckers yeah, traditionally it's different at the rack the fau we know we know about that game we know where we both sit on that but then that tennessee game at tennessee that's a that's a scary game for me as well.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are
1: three big games you have coming up. You need a momentum-building win against a good-quality opponent so that you can look across the court and say, we can beat these guys too
2: right yeah so it also starts a big uh series for marquette as well they mm-hmm. got a pretty good tough schedule with the maui invitational as well but that's uh, coming up a little bit later here on a 98.9 but we got to run and we got to run to the podcast uh but carlin
0: versus joe is up next thanks for listening to the starting lineup on 98.9 the game <laughs>
2: Welcome back in into the uh, starting lineup. Travis Sparks here, Eric Fry over there, and we got overtime to uh, hit up on. We got some more college football stuff to uh, talk about, more collegiate athletics there because we only really talked about Illinois stuff. So
1: That's all that matters.
2: Oh, that's all that really matters. There's no other big story in college football going on now, right? <laughs> New America's team. Yeah. We're going coach Harvall. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about that uh, as well, and we'll see whatever else we can get into here in the pod as well. Uh, do we have this day in sports history? We do. Okay, we'll we get do. to that as well. All right, before we get to any of that, is there anything on sports Center that you wanted to hit on?
1: Yeah. Uh, Justin Fields getting close to returning to the field. The Bears quarterback was limited in practice all last week, and he continued throwing during individual drills yesterday. Coach Eberfliss says the team will now, will know whether Fields will be able to go later this week. Fields have been out since October 15th with a dislocated thumb. The Bears visit the Lions this Sunday. Hmm. The Blackhawks are spending today and tomorrow getting up for their game against the Lightning at the United Center on Thursday. Blackhawks lost to the Panthers 4-3 on Sunday. but They earned a road win against the Lightning last Thursday. The uh, Blackhawks are 5-8-0 on the season. Hmm. Um let's see. Northwestern is looking to Santa Fe. They host Western Michigan tonight. So there's another basketball game for you. Uh, Northern Illinois crushed Illinois Tech yesterday, 107 to 55. Tonight, DePaul will host South Dakota. Bradley welcomes Tarleton State. Chicago State is at home against CSUN. UIC visits Loyola, and Valpo has a home game against Green Bay. The Patriots are moving on from a young member of their secondary. New England has waived second-year quarterback Jack Jones. 25-year-old's agent thanked the Patriots organization in a statement on Monday. Jones was noticeably disengaged with his teammates during their 10-6 loss to the Colts in Germany. He was seen sitting on the bench with a towel dripped over his head while other reserves stood on the sideline ready to play. Jones had missed curf- a curfew on November 4th, the night before the Patriots played the Washington Commanders. Patriots are last in the AFC East at the bye with a record of 2-8. and eight.
0: Hmm. I didn't think he was
1: traveling to Germany. So the fact he was there was half right. a win for him. At least he could have... And I think that's why you waive him. Is the rumors were he wasn't going. Mm-hmm. And then he goes and he sits on the bench with a towel in his head while other people were getting ready to play.
2: Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're just kind of going through the motions.
1: Right. You're saying you don't want to be there. Mm-hmm. So, right. now you're not there. Yeah. The Rams... Travis's Rams mm-hmm. are expecting to have their starting quarterback this weekend. Head coach Sean McVay said Monday that Matthew Stafford should be ready to go against Seattle Seahawks. Stafford is dealing with a sprained uh, UCL in his right thumb and has missed one game with the injury. During the bye week, the Rams did sign Carson Wentz and wave former backup Brett uh, Ripon. The 30 year old Wentz is expected to back up Stafford moving forward. Hmm. The defending NBA champions are rewarding their head coach with a contract extension. ESPN reports the Denver Nuggets are signing Michael Malone to an extension that will make him one of the NBA's highest paid coaches. Malone became the Nuggets head coach in 2015 and has led the team to the playoffs in five straight seasons. 52-year-old Malone and Denver took down the heat, of course, in the NBA Finals earlier this year. Travis mentioned it, but a pair of bright young stars were named Major League Baseball's Rookies of the Year. Diamondbacks outfielder Corbin Carroll and Orioles shortstop Gunnar Henderson each won the award unanimously. It was only the fifth time in league history that both rookies were voted as unanimous winners.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And We already talked about managers of the years will be announced tonight um, in the AL side of things. It's Bruce Bochy, Kevin Cash, and Brandon Hyde. Well, it's Craig Council, Skip Schumacher, and Brian Snitaker. Mm-hmm. So there you go. By the way, the last time are is the only one of those three who already has won the award, the last time he won it, guess who finished second?
2: Mm, I don't know. Craig Council. Hmm. Can we see it happen again? Could we see a repeat. Yeah. <laughs>
1: And finally, Travis. Four high school students are under arrest and accused of stealing personal property out of the Rose Bowl locker room when UCLA played the University of Colorado. Police searches turned up jewelry and other items that were stolen from Colorado players on October 28th. Pasadena Police Department says tips from the public led them to the alleged thieves. The case has been turned over to the Los Angeles County Juvenile Division. Yeah, there you go. So Dion, I think you owe a apology there to the the staff, the security. Why is that? Because they got the guys. Well, I mean, I don't
2: know if he should apologize, but, I mean, good that they got him.
1: Well, didn't he come out and say that, like, didn't he criticize him?
2: Well, I'm sure he did. Yeah. Again, his players got stuff stolen from the locker room.
1: And, again, if you're wearing that much gaudy jewelry, you should probably make sure that you have security of your own. Mm -hmm. Oh, I got a couple other things for you. Uh A man has been arrested in the death of a hockey player from Minnesota who was fatally injured during a game in England last month. Adam Johnson died last month after another player's skate cut his neck in what was called a freak accident. South Yorkshire police announced on Tuesday that a man has been arrested on suspicion of manslaughter in connection to Johnson's death. Johnson was playing for the Nottingham Panthers in the UK Elite League at the time of the incident. So, Obviously, the police feel that there's someone out there who's going to get charged with a murder in this. Mm, Wow. That's crazy. Mm, Yeah. Um, And then the Mets are introducing their new manager, Carlos Mendoza, at Citi Field. So, there's that. The 43-year-old former Yankees bench coach signed a three-year deal. Includes a club option for a fourth year there as well. It's his first managerial job in the big leagues. And I saw the Brewers are promoting from within, I believe, for their managerial position. Yep. So David Ross, you will not be a manager.
2: Yep. Not gonna be a manager. No.
1: And finally, Travis, just to just just for you, just for you. Tonight features three different college football games in the mid American Conference. That's right, it's Tuesday night maxion.
2: Tuesday night action. Three games. Wow.
1: Toledo Rockets will be traveling to Bowling Green to take on the Falcons in the Battle of I seventy five. Western Michigan will face off with Northern Illinois and DeKalb. and Eastern Michigan will host Akron. So Three games of, two, of Tuesday Night Maction. Forget Thursday. We got Tuesday Night Maction.
2: Wow. And uh Toledo team? Yeah. That hasn't lost since Illinois. Yep. Just to show you how good they are.
1: Who, Toledo or Illinois? Toledo. Yeah.
2: I mean, I told you they were a good team.
1: I, I wasn't doubting you. They should have beaten Illinois. But they didn't. But they didn't because Illinois found a way to back into a win.
2: Illinois found a way to win. You all, could have just said that.
1: All of our games, Travis, we back into getting wins.
2: You could have just said we found a way to win. And that would have been true.
1: Backed into it. Yeah,
2: either way. We got the win. What
1: what did we win by? Three points. So I think now our combined wins two. our our combined wins are now fifteen points in our five wins this year. Our margin of victory. Yeah, Yeah. great. That's
2: all that matters. That's great. All that matters, you pull out the dub.
1: Ravaging three points per win as far as a differential.
2: All that matters is that win in the win column. Back into
1: them. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just to have Illinois go out there and beat someone by 14 points one time? Nope, because that would require them to be a good team. It
2: starts this week. Okay. Starts this week against huh. Iowa.
1: All righty. We'll Let's see about that see. come Monday morning.
2: Um, Iowa favored by three. The over under is 30.5. Yeah. It's actually raised from last week's game.
1: Well, yeah, that's because Illinois is going to bring the offense a little bit, you think. You'd hope so. <laughs> uh, 30.5. I mean, transitive property, we're better than Iowa because we beat Minnesota and they lost to Minnesota. Right, exactly. But Yeah. This Illinois defense isn't that good. Even though the Iowa offense isn't that good either. No.
2: Not at all. Looks like uh, Petrus is going into the uh, transfer portal as well. After he lost his job Mm -hmm. there at Iowa. Starting quarterback. Yep. But... Is that it for Sports Center? Yeah, that's it. I was going to say that would uh, transition uh, well to uh, the uh, Penn State Michigan game from uh, last week as uh, Michigan. Uh, You know, we talked about an anniversary not too long ago when Notre Dame won one for the Gipper. Well, they won one for Harbaugh as he's still alive and well, but uh, the assistant coach was in tears after the game of uh, winning the game against penn state and it was 24 to 14 or 21 four to 15 was the final score there so michigan overcoming the odds and beating adversity rising above uh the world it's michigan versus everybody everybody's out to get us and we win 24 to 15 we're america's team
1: now okay i know where you stand on this travis Mm-hmm. I I know you're anti-Michigan all the way through your orange and blue heart.
2: I mean, does anyone really like Michigan outside of Michigan fans? Nobody does.
1: No, not really. I'm I'm not arguing that that point with you. But here mm-hmm. is what I am gonna argue, okay? Mm-hmm. And that is the fact of all the reports said that they were stealing signs. Mm-hmm because they they got this tape, or however they got it mm-hmm. last year, right?
2: Well, last year, yeah,
1: yeah, who doesn't change their signs year to year?
2: Well, who's I
1: think it's because even if I'm not purposely looking at the signs just by watching a broadcast, I'm gonna figure out what you're doing. If you keep the same thing every year.
2: I think were. it was the thing that is, is that they were stealing signs last year, too. Not just scouting for this year as well, but it's scouting in season and whatnot. So they were actually using it as their advantage last year.
1: Okay, but what I'm saying is, shouldn't you mix it up game to game? Because again, just watching the film, watching a broadcast, I'm going to figure out what you're doing.
2: Hmm. I mean, I think if you're just watching the broadcast, I think you can mix it up enough, and you can confuse the language and whatnot uh, enough to where you don't have to change it too much game by game or year to year.
1: That is if you my don't have any
2: film on it. Is just elaborate spreadsheets.
1: These coaches, we know, not not just Harbaugh, all coaches do an extreme amount of prep on their opponents each and every week. Mm-hmm. They look at film and film and film and film mm-hmm. and anything they can, they can see. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying legally that they can see all the coaches do that. Everyone Rep. does it. Yeah. Are you telling me that there aren't coaches who are not flat out stealing signs, but are, getting a tendency based off of what they're seeing on a broadcast or on a game film.
2: Not about on a game film per, per se, but I mean, yeah, of course, that's a, a part of all sports of stealing someone's signs naturally or picking up on a tendency naturally, but the NCAA says you can't scout your teams in season. And that's what they were doing. And they're also using video technology to acquire these signs and making elaborate spreadsheets and a uh, elaborate manifesto of these teams signs. And that's cheating.
1: In the eyes of the NCA
2: and uh, clearly the big 10
1: and the, which is part of the NCA.
2: Well, yes, but it was the big 10 officially had the, uh, the big suspension of suspension of three games and then only not being there on game days, but right. you can coach the team right. for the rest of the time. Exactly. Jeez. And if
1: you think the Big Ten made that decision without talking to the NCAA first, you're full of you know yeah. what. Every, sure. all of these conferences work under the NCAA. They don't there's not a rogue conference out there. Because they mm. need the NCAA's SEC, approval maybe. for stuff.
2: SEC maybe. Well, they kinda seem to be ruling their own ruling themselves.
1: But the NCAA lets them. That's the problem. Yeah. You get away with what you can get away with. Guess so. Again, I agree that what they did is illegal. Mm-hmm. But I'm just trying I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Sure. I know it's different because it's pro and college. But even I mean, think of Peyton Manning and how many times I he heard Omaha. Omaha. Now every time he said Omaha, it did not mean the same thing. Right. I it understand. changed up every time. And players since then have since they've retired have said that. It changes. We hear these quarterbacks mic'd in the NFL. We hear them saying stuff, but it changes mm-hmm. every week what it means or what they're saying. We've heard it in NASCAR where they have key words that they say when they're coming down for a pit stop, meaning two tires, four tires. They'll mm-hmm. say, you know, a perfect example was Bubba Wallace in a race. He was sponsored by McDonald's. He says, what's the order? And the crew chief came back and said, "Fileo fish, no fries. And they knew that was two tires. Mm-hmm. But no one else would have known that if other teams were scanning their radios, which, other, which you do to see what your competition is doing. Right. Why wouldn't you change it on a week-to-week basis?
2: I don't know. I feel like that's too complicated. You're over-complicating it.
1: You have five five days of practice minimum. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm not saying every single thing, but when you're making adjustments, you're using a handful of things. Right, it's not like I'm saying change your whole playbook in a week. Mm-hmm. We're talking about maybe six or seven things.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they do.
1: That that is my thing. Is why are why are the coaches not changing it up? Because again, that stuff is just available to the general public watching the broadcast.
2: Yeah, well, you try to hide it
1: as best you can. Well, I remember a couple years ago, and it's kind of died down a little bit, but they used to hold those signs, literal signs that had different pictures on them. They still and, do. And a lot of them still do. Mm-hmm. And every game, you get a shot of that sign. The TV cameras will get a picture of someone holding it up. And all you have to do is see what they're holding up, and then look at the next play and figure out what they did.
2: Yeah, I think that they do switch up those things on. Uh, I think they do switch it up on a game-to-game basis. You just don't know which. I'd hope so. Which one? Which picture means a certain thing? On a but different if that's game. the case, I think they do.
1: If that's the case, then what Michigan's doing is irrelevant because it would be switched up by the time they got to their game. I don't know. Is the principle illegal? Yes. But the benefit, if the teams are switching on a game-to-game basis, there is no benefit to what they're doing. Hmm. That is is—that is all I'm arguing. Yeah. Is that if the teams are switching it up on a game-to-game basis, like you yourself are suggesting they do, and I mean, saying... I don't know. I'm just... I I mean, neither of us know. We're not there. As I suggest they should do, then there is no benefit to it. Because it would be a different signal for the next game.
2: Yeah, I think they were exposed in that one game where they did change up their uh, signs. I think it was the TCU game. They said yep. so. So
1: again, if the if the teams that they're going against are complacent enough to where they're not changing what they're doing, is again, I'm not arguing that the way they went about it is correct that's not what i'm arguing Mm -hmm. what i'm arguing is that if the schools and the coaches aren't changing up what they're doing then it's complacency whereas if you were changing it it wouldn't matter what they saw because it would be different the next game
2: yeah i think that's maybe why it was so elaborate and whatnot of Trying to get it from all angles and getting it from both sides of the stadium and, and, and whatnot, and making elaborate spreadsheets.
1: And and if it's a case to where you know they went to multiple games, saw multiple things from multiple teams, and then kind of figured it up and and used spreadsheets and did multiple went to multiple different games and saw this and saw tendencies and everything like this. Then yes, and again, I'm not arguing about the way they went about it, mm-hmm. the way they did that. Is illegal, can't do that, yeah, I'm just arguing what are they gaining if teams are doing what they should be doing and changing it up each and every week,
2: doing their due diligence mm-hmm. and one um
1: because again, just prepping as a coach prepping, I should be able to figure out some of your tendencies if you don't change it up,
2: well, yeah, sure, and that's. And that's like a natural right. thing to pick up on.
1: Right. And you're not gonna tell that. a coach, oh, you can't look at this and you can't correlate these two things together. That that's illegal. You can't you can't do that.
2: Right. Yeah, it's
1: just a part of it. So I know everyone hates Michigan. I get it. I heard I heard Mad Dog go on a rant about them paying the fabulous five and how that didn't work out and everything <laughs> like I get it. Everyone hates Michigan. I hate Michigan. Exactly. But I'm playing devil's advocate here. Right. Because to me, as soon as I saw all this coming out, that was the first thing I thought of, Travis. Mm-hmm. Is if I'm a coach, why wouldn't I change it week to week? And if I'm changing mm-hmm. it week to week, what does it matter what you saw? Mm-hmm. Because that's – what is different than of that than of getting a scouting report? Scouting reports show coaches' tendencies. Scouting reports show team tendencies. Show what they like to run in third downs, fourth downs, second downs. Everything like that. That's all already prepared in a scouting report that everyone has access to.
2: Yeah. I don't have a good answer for you.
1: That – The way for they sure. went about I'm it sure was I'm sure there's wrong. one out there. The way they went about it was wrong. I'm not arguing that. Mm-hmm. I'm arguing the content they gained, which again goes back to Michigan being dumbasses. Mm-hmm. Because you're not going to get, you shouldn't get any benefit from it, anyways. So you yeah. did all this for nothing. Right. Because anything you gained should be in a scouting report already.
2: Yeah. I guess that's true.
1: So they're ultimately the dummies. That's what I'm saying here.
2: <laughs> Uh, the point I was uh, getting at here, the, Coach Harbaugh made some uh, statements at a, a press conference that he was at yesterday, and it was kind of one of the first ones. Uh, that he made uh, since the suspension and whatnot. And uh, he basically uh, called, he thinks that Michigan should be considered America's team. Uh, He said, this has got to be America's team. America loves a team that beats the odds, beats the adversity, overcomes what the naysayers and critics, so-called experts think. That's my favorite kind of team. Watching it from the view on the television, it was uh, finally uh, getting to see uh, what I see every day in these players and in these coaches as well. So... And as I pointed out on the first take this morning, I don't know if you want to uh, try to compare yourself to America's team, Uh team that in the NFL that compares them to that, who hasn't won anything since the 90s mm-hmm. as well. I don't know if I would want to be in uh classification there. You also had some other ones that I think are just bonkers off the wall that are perfect for uh, Coach Harbaugh as well. That's the kind of what people – took away from it America's team. And also he mentioned something about due process as well. During this, he said, I'm not, I'm looking for the opportunity of due process. I'm not looking for a special treatment. I'm not looking for a popularity contest. I'm just looking for the merit for what the case is. And uh, some of the other bonkers ones about how he enjoys watching judge Judy and uh, how he would take the stand and whatnot and testify, Uh, in this matter, and also a couple other uh, good ones, was that he reversed his uh, take on chickens being nervous birds. Um, He said that the chickens are low-maintenance and high-production. said that they're good for his mental health, and he's always happy to see them after he acquired some chickens. So um, he's reversed his stance on nervous birds. Chickens they are just low-maintenance.
1: He is another person, Travis... To where if we'd all just quit talking about him, <laughs> maybe they'd go away.
2: Yeah. Um, and then my favorite one was uh, when uh, he was asked about his uh, raspy voice, about whether he was sick or not. He said, I'm not sick. I'm the iron wall that viruses bash against and shatter. He'll do more push-ups and eat an apple, if that's the case.
1: So, Travis. Coach push-ups Har- and apples. Coach Harbaugh's career. <laughs> Uh-huh. Would you would you not call him a college coach more than an NFL coach?
2: Uh, yeah, I would say that.
1: I mean, he coached in the NFL. He coached the 49ers for three years. Mm-hmm. But he's been at Michigan since 2015. Before that, he was at Stanford for Stanford, three years. Stanford, yeah. Before Stanford, he was at San Diego. Hmm. Okay? Forget about that. Yeah. Yeah. As in San Diego College, not sure the Chargers. Yeah, I know. So... Only three years of his coaching career was he in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He has more NFL playoff wins than bull wins. Quit <laughs> talking about this guy. Like seriously. Nice. He's he's five and three in the playoffs. He is two and nine in his bull career as a coach. <laughs> Quit talking about him. Nice. Okay. <laughs> There's your stat of the day.
2: There's your stat. There's
1: that. Like that, Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> Can you imagine being his brother? I feel yeah. so bad for John. Like, John, more a better coach, a player's coach. I've never heard anyone on the Ravens say a bad thing about him. Mm-hmm. Just goes to work, does his job, and he got this nutcase for a brother.
2: Right. It's uh, easy to be like the normal one.
1: Oh, definitely. <laughs> so... Yeah, I – the only thing I can hope for, Travis, and, and I don't know how it would happen. It would have to – Michigan would have to fall off a cliff. I can hope it can happen. I would love to see Michigan and Colorado in a bowl game. So then that way I can venture all of my hate to unappreciated and just absolutely incredibly dumb coaches to one game.
2: it's just one bowl game. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of crazy things would have to and happen. And if we
1: could play that in Alcatraz or something, that would be great.
2: Yeah, there you go. Yeah. We could play it in San Francisco as close as we can get.
1: But that's about it. Loser gets fired. <laughs> from a cannon. There you go. He's ridiculous. All right. so He's can... like, can he just win a championship and go away?
2: Oh, don't worry. Once he, once the season's over, he's going back to the NFL. You don't have to worry about that. Where's he going? He's coming to save the Bears.
1: No, Travis. So we can
2: keep talking about him.
1: No. Oh yeah. You know what would make it worse? What's that? If the Bears picked up Dion's son in the draft. (laughs) There you go oh no yeah here's dion as his oc <laughs> man
2: oh. that would be nuts
1: that'd be a train wreck and a half <laughs> oh i'd have to disown the bears
2: now i kind of want to see it
1: <laughs> no i want to
2: see if we can make this happen
1: oh no, travis <laughs> Why would you put... Why? You might why? be onto something. Oh,
2: Alright. You might be onto something. Alright, you ready
1: to finish up here?
2: <laughs> yeah, let's uh, finish up with uh, this date in sports history. All righty,
1: on this date in 1997, Phoenix's 140-139 to 139 quadruple overtime win at Portland marked the eighth such game in NBA history and the first since Golden State defeated New Jersey 150-147 to 147 on February 1st, 1987. Hmm. On this date in 'o six, pages Stojakovic became the first player in NBA history to start a game off by scoring 20 consecutive points for his team, he set a Hornets record of 22 points in the first quarter. Hmm. Everyone forgets, was had a couple of good years there. Yeah, he did. And finally, on the state in two thousand nine, rookie Brandon Jennings scored fifty-five points against Golden State Warriors, the most by a rookie since Earl the Pearl Monroe's fifty-six in nineteen sixty eight. It marks Jennings' seventh career game, matching Wilt Chamberlain, who had fifty five in his eighth career game, for the most points in a game by a player less than ten games into their NBA career. Mm. That's a guy of what could have been injuries, did Brandon Jennings in.
2: Mm, yeah. I guess so.
1: He was, he was a guy up there in, in Milwaukee when they weren't good. But he was someone that you would see.
2: Yeah, he's pretty good.
1: So, there you go.
2: There you go. All right. So, that's done and dusted. Yep. All right. So, uh, that will uh, close things out uh, for uh, today. And we're going to get out of here. We'll be back tomorrow. To recap that Illini game and recap all the high school girls' basketball from tonight as well. So until tomorrow, we'll talk to you then. Thanks for listening and thanks for downloading. Peace out.